for everything oh, for everything indie for everything cults it's the blue horseshoe now. now here's your host george bremer and ryan hickey and welcome into the post-game edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. The Colts on Fortune do fall to the Eagles 17-16. A lot to break down in this matchup, George. Colts offensive line after looking good last week, kind of comes back down to earth. Same thing with the running game. Defense plays one of the best games of the season, but unfortunately still ends with a loss. A lot to get into here. A lot to unpack from the Colts now falling to 4-6-1 on the season. But really, I think the, the best way to start, George, the best way to sum up, is kind of same kind of stuff. It's a different day with how the Colts find a way to lose, which has kind of been the story of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they they're not able to close out these close games more often than not. I think they're four four and one now in in one score game. So I guess it's kind of a coin toss situation in in each of these these games. Uh, but it comes down to the same thing every time. They're they're not protecting their quarterback well enough, and they're not putting enough pressure on the other quarterback well enough, especially at the end of these games. So. Uh, right back uh, where they where they started from, and I, I think that's the frustrating thing right now uh, for everybody with this team. That, that you're looking, uh, it's almost Thanksgiving, and, and you're still talking about the same issues you were talking about after Week One. And it, it's just maddening because this game was there for the taking. This is a game that, especially defensively, they dominated and controlled the game for let's say three and a half quarters against one of the best offenses in all of the NFL. You get off to a hot start, which now again under Jeff Saturday, at least credit to the Colts. They are two for two this season in terms of getting off to a good start. They score their first touchdown of the season on the opening drive, march right down the field. They run the ball really well. We kind of get into the run game and the offensive line struggles in a little bit here. But at least coming after this game, George, it feels like, again, we're sitting here. The, the biggest thing that hurt and why they have not come out the win uh, on Sunday is the fact they can't punch it in in the red zone. They can't score touchdowns when they really need them. They got down in the red zone three times. They scored just once. That, get, again, came on the first drive of the game. And you have a crucial situation to start the second half. You take over the ball in three consecutive drives. You start on the Eagles' 22-yard line. You start on your own 47-yard line. You start on your own 45-yard line. Really good field position. Three drives in a row to start the second half. And you score a grand total of three points. Now, again, not obviously not all those ended in the red zone. But, again, when you have an opportunity to put a game away by scoring six, the Colts, like they have all season long, have failed to kind of put teams away, put them out of their misery, and you let a good team hang around, this is what happens, George. They come back and finish the job. Yeah, um, to me, there's two drives in particular you point to uh, that cost them this football game. The, the one was the very first drive of the second half, uh, which you're talking about, a strip sack by Yannick Ngakwe at the 22. You punch that in. It's a, it's a two-touchdown lead at that point. Not that the Eagles can't come back, but it's going to change a lot about the, the way the rest of that game was played. Uh, and then at Almost the last drive. It's second to last drive of the game for the Colts. Uh, you've got a first and goal at the five. And if you score, it's going to be 20 to 10. The ball game is over. You lose yardage. You end up kicking a field goal. There's a missed fa face mask in there. But that's part of, of, of the whole picture. You know, they're, they're putting themselves in positions where those kind of things hurt them. And you can't do that. You know what I mean? They're doing it too consistently. Uh, you get three points on each of those two drives and you lose by one, you score a touchdown in either of those situations. We're probably having a different conversation right now. And again, it's small things like we're not asking the Colts to make a, you know, a heroic play every single drive in order to, you know, score a touchdown. It's small things like after the strip sack on Jalen hurts to start the, the first play, of the second half, you have a third and I believe it was six. 
uh, Paris Campbell, you just got to catch the ball. I mean, you can make an argument that was a good play by the defensive back, but have strong hands, catch the ball. This is first down. The the drive keeps going, and who knows? Maybe then with the momentum, you're able to score a touchdown. Instead, you know, balls ruled incomplete after weirdly being ruled a catch at first on a fumble. Then you settle for three points. And again, you, you allow an Eagles team where you said you could have gotten up 17 3. Now it's 13 3. So you're still leaving a good team around. And then, like you said, you, you get down to the red zone. It, it's an area we identified too on a lot of these um, preseason pods where. You had Carson Wentz, and this was one of the areas the Colts really struggled in was red zone offense and scoring touchdowns. And we thought, all right, you bring Matt Ryan in, a good decision maker, still has good accuracy. That could be an area where the Colts improve on offense. And if you're scoring touchdowns, again, you're going to win a lot more games. I mean, we could go through the schedules, George, so far for the first 11 weeks and probably pick out, if you even score one more touchdown a game, at least three or four wins. And and it comes down to not being able uh, to score six and instead settling for three like they have for a large part of the season. Yeah, I mean, if they finish more drives in the red zone, they're probably eight, two, and one right now. I mean, the only two games I can think of right at the top of my head where that wasn't the the primary factor they lost were Week Two against Jacksonville, and then the game in New England they got Frank Reich fired. Yeah. Outside of that, I think the, every other game, if you finish in the red zone, you Good win point. those games. Um, but that's it, it's just telling me that's who they are right now. I mean, if they play a, a team with a bad offense or a team with a bad head coach. Uh, they're able to to pull these one-score games out. If they play a team with a really good offense, with the exception of Kansas City, they're not able to finish these games. And I think that's you know that that's where you're at. Uh, there's so many again this week. There's so many plays you can go back to. If only this. If only that. You know, if they call the face mask on Matt Ryan, it's first to goal at the one. You probably win the game. If Zaire Franklin turns around and looks for the ball instead of committing intentional pass interference, he's at least going to break that play up. He maybe gets an interception that seals the game. You win the game. You know, you can go to probably 12 plays like that in this game where, you know, if if Paris Campbell holds on to a ball and they get a first down on that first drive, you know, so many. But that's to me. And that's what I said in the pregame pod. I had a hard time picking this game. But at the end of the day, I felt more comfortable that the Eagles would make the plays down the stretch uh, and not hurt themselves and, and that the Colts would not. And the Eagles did plenty to hurt themselves throughout this game. But when they had to win it in the fourth quarter, they made the plays they had to make. I mean, uh, at one point for the first touchdown, Hurts threw a dart in there to Quez Watkins uh, to get that score. And then on on that final drive, uh, talking to DeForest Buckner after the game, they gave him a look. They hadn't given him all all, all night long. Uh, as far as a quarterback draw goes. And he thought for sure it was a pass. He thought he had one-on-one coverage for the first time all day. As soon as he made his pass move, his rush move, he realized, as he said, uh, everyone in their mama knew it was a quarterback draw except for him. And Jalen Hurts <laughs> basically walked into the end zone. Uh, you know, that's those are the kind of things that that good teams do. In the, and that's, you know, we sit here and we say if and but every week, but that's that's what this league is. More often than not, it's a one-score game. One team made a handful of plays and the other didn't. And the Colts have, have just not consistently been that team this year that, that makes those plays. That's how you end up at 4-6-1. and one. And it's Manning, George, because like I don't – we should, through 11 weeks, have a feel and at least an idea of, is this a good team, is this a bad team? What's their identity? And it's like I know they've gone through some coaching changes that you know does muddy the waters a little bit, but like – I honestly still can't tell you if this team is good or bad because like, again, the record says they're not, which you, you know, for Bill Parcells and many other people in the NFL, you are what your record says you are when you're four, six and one. And t- some of the teams because have lost to, you're not a good, you're not a good team. But it's also at the same time. It's like we're sitting here talking about again, 
two or three plays per game that that change. Some guy makes a play or you know, just get a bounce that goes your way, and who knows what this Colts record is and who knows where they are because like they're not as bad as the record says they are. They're they should be a lot better, but also at the same time, anytime that we talk about you know how much better that they should be, they also don't make enough plays to kind of show you that they're a good team. They're somewhere stuck in the middle, and it's maddening because even in a game like this, again, we're talking about the Eagles, one of the best teams in the NFL. And for three and a half quarters, you felt pretty good about where this team was. I know offensively you want to get more, and we'll get into the offense here in a second. But it's just like, especially defensively, they did a great job against Jalen Hurts for the most part. This running game, I know the numbers kind of look bigger. I think they ran for 141 yards as a team and 4.3 yards per carry for the Eagles. But it didn't feel like that run game was really that explosive, really kind of killing the Colts. Like, there was nothing really outside of the Quiz Watkins throw and touchdown that kind of was like, oh, wow, that's just a, a bad defensive play. And maybe this IR, Franklin, like you mentioned, pass interference call that it was costing about 30, 35 yards. But it's like we are sitting here talking about a defense that played really, really well. At times, the Colts offense is string things together. That's made me also too maddening, George. Like, for the most part, for the most part. The Colts don't have a hard time moving in between the 20s, which, again, highlights the red zone and makes it even more frustrating. They can move the ball. Like, they can put first downs together um, and go from 20 to 20, and then all of a sudden the field condenses, and then it's really, can you win a one-on-one matchup? Can you block your guy? That's where there's always seemed to be, every single time in the red zone, for the most part, one guy that you can't win a route, you can't make the right block, you can't make the right throw. And it leads to, again, three points or no points. And we're sitting here talking about another close loss for this team in a game in which they frankly should have won. That's what the maddening thing to me about this season is it's been the offensive line all year long. We know that when they do their job, the Colts look like a good team. They look like a playoff team when they don't. The Colts struggle. They can't put points on the board and the defense eventually gets worn out and gives up, you know, a play that they'd rather have back and they lose games. Uh, to me, the story of the season is going to go back to how they responded to that second loss at Tennessee. It was a frustrating day. There's no question about it. But you bench Matt Ryan then. The next week you fire your offensive coordinator. And the week after that you fire your head coach. And here you are two weeks later, still the same football team. The one guy who survived all this is Chris Strausser, the offensive line coach. And I will never understand that. And it's too late now. You're, you're shorthanded on offense now. You're not going to make a move like that at this point. Uh, you know, Jeff Saturday has said all since he took over that, the, you know, they're short staffed on offense because they are, they're down a coach. Uh, you fired your offensive coordinator the week before you find your, your head coach. I never get that. I mean, it, it comes back to the same thing. The offensive line was great on the opening drive. The Colts went right down the field. They put seven points on the board. The rest of the game, they were inconsistent at best. And the offense was inconsistent at best. It's been the same story all year. I mean, I, I hate to, to, to be the broken record, but it's, it's been the same story all year long. They made every change imaginable except that one. I'll never really understand that. And I think it adds to part of like the frustration too. Like I maybe shouldn't like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even be as frustrated as I am because I should just identify this team's not good. And then, oh, they, you know what? Maybe I should be even happier, frankly, that, hey, they played one of the best teams in the NFL close for three and a half quarters and weren't embarrassed. Like they cover the spread. That's, you know, that maybe should just be a win. That's where my bar should be. But it's like the more you watch these games and, and two, it's like it's the same thing every week, but also it's not. Like you're right. At the end of the day, right? It's usually coming down to the offense not really doing enough to to get points on the board. Again, they scored 16 points again for one of the lowest scoring offenses in the NFL. So that story has stayed the same. The defense has played great for the most part. When you need them to recently, have they gotten able to get one stop? No, I'm not putting it on them. We'll get into the defense here in a little bit. But it's also too like while the story is kind of the same, like you mentioned, George, it's basically the offense not getting it done, the offensive line struggling. It's also, too, at the same time, it's also different. Like, the Colts offensive line, the first drive, Jonathan Taylor, they look great. I, I really thought this team would run for 150 yards. They're going to push the Eagles around. And then after that, they 
they couldn't establish the run really whatsoever. The offense line all of a sudden started getting beat more. Matt Ryan started getting hit. So it's like, even though the story for the most part is the same every week, it's almost a little different, which is almost even a little more maddening because at times they give you a reason to believe. They give you a reason to, like, oh, look, maybe there's an improvement. Maybe Jeff Saturday in a short time here has turned the offensive line around or provided some sort of spark or just like unlocked another level that Chris Strausser, Frank Reich, uh, Marcus Brady just couldn't get for whatever reason. And then at the end of the day, but we're sitting here, you know, an hour after the game, it's you look back and it's like, sure, some areas are different and some are a little bit better. Maybe a quarter is better. The, the starts have been faster. But still, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, George, we're sitting here talking about a team that loses another close game and can't make the two or three plays that separate them where they are towards the bottom compared to where a lot of teams are who do make those plays at the top. Yeah, you know, and get another fumble on a, on a play that was unnecessary. I mean, the offensive line is pushing Jonathan Taylor for more yardage. You've already got the first down. If you go down there, maybe you get three points there, and, it, you know, you missed a field goal that, that would have given you, obviously, three points. You can go back through that, but I feel like the, the way they get there is is unique each week, but the story is the same. The, the only thing that really changes is whether or not they were successful on the final drive, and today they weren't even close. They couldn't even really get going on that final drive. Uh, that would have been able to, you know, go and take the lead back. So it's the same thing, you know, over and over and over again. And I, and I don't know, young guys on the offensive line, I think have a lot to do with it. You know, you saw both Will Fries and Bernard Raymond today, I think had trouble with penalties uh, that, that really hurt this team on, on, you know, put them behind the sticks on some drives and, and kind of ended drives before they really got started. Uh, that That's not a new thing. That's something you've seen a lot this year. I think the difference between the first drive and the rest of the game, Philly came out in nickel for some reason. I'm not really sure why they did that. Everybody knew that the Colts were going to try to run the ball today. That was the blueprint. They came out in nickel for some reason. The Colts pushed them all over. Philly made the switch uh, back to a base defense, and they really controlled the rest of the game. It's kind of like the White Lotus. It's kind of like Survivor. You can change the faces. You can change you know, maybe some of the details. But in the end, like you mentioned, the story still the same. The overall theme is still the same, and here we are, George, with another post-game pod talking about another Colts loss in a game which they frankly should have won, had it in their hands. They themselves, for the most part, lost. It wasn't, you know, the other team winning it, and that's how you get to 4-6-1 after another 17-16 tough loss where Colts were in it, but, again, couldn't make a play or two on either side of the ball to get the win. When we come back here on the Blue Horseshoe pod, let's dive a little bit more into this offensive line and the run game. We saw a big revelation, a big change last week against the Raiders. We'll try to develop it or we'll try to de decipher what the main difference was and why they really struggled uh, this week against the Eagles to do it in the Blue Horseshoe pod. does return. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe pod. Ryan Icke and George Bremer here with you. If you like what you hear, if we can keep you entertained, at least get you through another Colts loss, well, hell, and I think we can get you through anything. So make sure you're downloading and subscribing for the rest of the season to the Blue Horseshoe Pod so you get notification anytime that the uh, anytime a new episode, I should say, is dropped. You're here three times a week on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. So make sure you are downloading and staying in tune with everything going on in Colts World. So, George, one of the areas we saw take a dramatic uptick last week when Jeff Satter was first hired was the offensive line and the run game. They ran for over 200 yards against the Raiders. And all this week coming into this game, we were talking about is this actually the way the Colts, like, can this offensive line, did it turn around? Or is just the product of playing a really, really bad defense in the Raiders? And we said this is going to be a game where we'll find out kind of where the Colts are. And after the first drive, I'll be honest, like, oh, wow, this Colts team, this this offensive line is back. You had Jonathan Taylor rush for uh, seven times for 49 yards. They kind of bullied the Eagles right down the field. You score a touchdown. Oh, my God, the offensive line's fixed. 
And then end of the game, George, we're sitting here as Jonathan Taylor did run the rest of the game 15 times for 35 yards. So I think it's safe to say what we saw on the first drive, what we saw mostly last week in the desert out there against the Raiders, not really sustainable, not really who this Colts offense line is. There wasn't some magic trick that happened and transformed all five offensive linemen to these great guys from you know one week to the next. I will say, I think, you know, we said there'd be no asterisks this week, but I think there is in this sense in that I think Philadelphia knew they they knew coming in, they had a whole week, you know, they just got beat by Washington because they couldn't stop the run. Although, you know, Washington stuck with it a little bit more. They were only averaging three yards of carry, but they just kept running the ball. They kept milking the clock and they just stayed with it. Uh, the Colts got away from it at times, I think, today when it when it wasn't going as well. But I think that's the thing. You you gave the Eagles a team that's now nine and one, that, that's probably the best team in the NFC, might be the best team in the NFL, a week to prepare to stop the run. They knew what they had to do. And I'm not surprised that they came in and looked good doing that. That's why I think there's an asterisk this week uh, because you took a team, uh, that absolutely had to get a win. The Eagles couldn't lose two in a row. That would have been disastrous for them. And told them, hey, do this one thing and you'll win on Sunday. And I'm not surprised they did it. You know, what I mean, I'm not surprised they found a way to, to get that together. And again, like we talked about before, and I think Ryan Kelly mentioned it in the postgame, Jonathan Gannon knows this team's calls. He knows a lot of this personnel, the defense coordinator for the Eagles. He was here for three years. He knows what the Colts want to do on offense. He knows how they run the football. And I think the Eagles took advantage of that. You know, they know what this run game looks like. It, it took them a, a drive, obviously, to get that together. But after that opening drive, I think they understood. So even, you know, last week we were talking about, is it this good? And, and we'll find out and we'll look at it. I think this week, too, you have to kind of go the other way and say, well, you know, is some of this the fact that the Eagles are a really good football team, that they had some insider information and that they were able to stop the one thing they knew they had to stop? Let me know if you think I'm crazy or not. But, like, when you look at, like, the least of final stats, a right for 99 yards on 26 carries, so 3.8 yards per carry. And that's not very good, especially for this offensive line and Jonathan Taylor and what we've seen uh, from this team. And, again, you had Jonathan Taylor finished with 84 yards, but, again, 49 of those came in the first drive. So he was averaging 2.3 yards per carry on carries after the first drive, which is horrendous. I will say I did feel like there was still a little bit more improvement. I did feel – the run game was not as helpless as we've seen at times so far earlier this season. And again, I know maybe it's tough and it's kind of weird to say it's almost like a blessing and a curse for how good the run game was last week because Jeff Satter comes in 207 rushing yards. And it's like, oh my God, this is fixed. But it's almost like, okay, sure, it maybe it's a little bit improved, but it's also not as good as you appear. So now expectations start to rise higher. And I will be honest, I did think the Colts run game was going to be uh, better than it was uh, so far we saw on Sunday. But I still feel like there's still some areas of improvement. And when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, if you can have Jeff Saturday hit his last six games, just continually get them, you know, as Frank Reich used to say to steal his phrase, 1% better each day and each week, I still think that's a, still think that's a win. So even though the stats don't really bear it out, George, do you see, like, did you feel any improvement today or let's say a step forward despite what the stats say? Again, despite after the opening drive, not really having a lot of success. I mean, the opening drive was a real step forward. Um, but, you know, I, I think they still were having trouble running the ball and they want uh, an improvement for me. A step forward would have been scoring from the five. You know, that that's a situation where last year's line would have opened up a hole and Jonathan Taylor would have slipped through there. And, and again, that drive and the one where you get the ball at the 22, those are Jonathan Taylor drives. You give him the ball and he pounds it up in there and, and you score a touchdown. When the Colts are going well, that's what they do. Uh, they weren't able to do that today. 
And I think that's going to tell the story the rest of the year. You know, if they're able to do though, run the ball in those situations the rest of the year, they're going to win more games than they lose. If it's like it was today, it's probably going to depend on on the quality of the opponent, how that, that's going to turn out. They, I will say the offensive line, maybe again, I'm just kind of more leaning on the first drive still, but at least for the, the especially to start the game, they did look more energized. They did look like they had some life that I feel like, again, at times we didn't see you, especially mentioned it a lot. I think you're right. Like kind of that negative cycle of thinking where it's just like negative, negative, negative. Any single time they try to dig out, they whether it's pass protection, whether it's run blocking, whether it's penalties, like they've always kind of failed. And they're kind of like, it feels like almost waiting for the next shoe to drop if a player or two does go right. It did feel like, especially early on in the game, this Colts offensive line did come out firing, did come out energized. Like, I know there was one play, I believe it was maybe either late in the first quarter or early second quarter, like Quentin Nel- uh, John Taylor got shoved out of bounds, started going back and forth to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Quentin Nelson kind of gets in there and kind of starts, like, defending his guy. Like, I feel like we didn't see a lot of that or, or maybe as much early in the season. And, look, maybe I'm just kind of grasping at straws here for anything, to be honest, anything positive, because I'm just an eternal optimist. But even though the stats did not bear it out, I think there was – some improvement now. Again, it's tough because the Eagles are a good team, but their offensive uh, defensive lineman is banged up. So I think you could argue you should have more success than you did. And also, too, the pass protections are going to step back where you have four mm-hmm. sacks uh, allowed, eight quarterback hits. It's another thing where, you know, again, we kind of talk about the, the same story or a different kind of maybe theme or different story, but overall the theme remaining the same. Pass protection, same thing where Matt Ryan's getting hit, getting hit a lot, especially later on in the game, and just couldn't mm-hmm. get anything going pass-wise. I say a lot of that came in the second half. Um, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it with the run game too. There were a couple of good runs that got called back. Uh, one in particular, I think was uh, it might have been that same drive you're talking about when Nelson got in there. I know they had like a a drive where where uh, Taylor kind of started backing up and got another two or three yards running backwards, was kind of pushing the pile, and then they, a flag came out and there was a hold. You know, I think was completely away from the play on the other side of the field. Uh, the kind of thing that Bernard Raymond has to understand you can't do. Jeff Saturday kind of talked about that uh, in the post game. There was a situation where the defender kind of twisted away from him, and he's got to learn just to kind of push there and not try to go after him and grab because you get that hold, it wiped out a first down. It's another drive that ends up being a punt. I think little things like that build on each other. You know, maybe if you get that run, it keeps that mindset going that, hey, we're, we're moving the ball. We're doing a good job with that today. Instead, you get stuffed. You go back and you punt, and it's the defense that gets that boost instead of the offense. You know, I think there was a lot of that today, uh, those self-inflicted wounds. And, again, a lot of it from the young guys, the, the rookie left tackle and the second-year right guard. Uh, and I think you're going to have to live with that right now because you've seen that there's not really a lot of better options out there. Uh, so you're just kind of – they're learning on the job, and, and you end up with situations like that. I think, you know, for the most part – from the last two weeks, the offensive line can finally take something positive. You had the whole game in, in Vegas and then that opening drive today to show them that it's still there. You know, they can still do it. Uh, you just now can you build on that going forward? I think that's the difference in the first nine weeks. You really didn't have that stretch that you could point to and say, well, if we do it like this, things will be OK. They have that now. They did it for an entire game in, in Vegas. They did it for an opening drive now. As you start preparing for the Monday night game against the Steelers, you can look at that tape and try to replicate it. And I really hope, too, George, whether you know you keep Bernard Ryman at left tackle, you keep Will Fries at right guard the rest of the season. That's another thing, too. Like I think at this point, you got to figure out your five and let them try to figure it out the next six games here. Because, again, I know every single player and coach is there to win. 
So you're not viewing it as just like, oh, development and, and hey, kind of the results don't matter. Like you are trying to win. But also with that said, I think for your own benefit here, even if you are trying to win, fine. But at least keep – like allow Bernard Rahman and left tackle to make, like, make some mistakes but also learn from him. Will Fries had a really rough game after a really good game in Vegas last week. Allow him to learn from him. Like don't pull the plug on him like kind of the Colts have done on the offensive line basically all season long where it's been a turnstile of different – you starting five for like a game or two, then another change is made, then another change is made. Like at this point, I would want to see those five guys we saw these last two weeks run him out the rest of the season and see if you could see growth. See if you can see some sort of building block here. Because I, what I don't think is going to be the answer, George, is more mixing and matching here the next few weeks. We've talked about it a lot. Nothing is – again, nothing's changed. It's the, the Colts, to their credit, they've tried. They've tried to fix things by, by making a million different changes with personnel, with coaching, with, even sometimes with scheme. Nothing's really worked. So at least now try to build some continuity going forward. And if at the end of the year, Will Fry shows you he can't be a starting right guard or Brown Ryman shows you – uh, maybe the left tackle is not his position going forward. Okay, fine. But at least you know that. At least you know that. And the only way you're going to know that here the last six games is by playing them down the stretch and allowing them to figure it out themselves, either good or bad. That's really my, my hope when it comes to the line. Like, there was rough games for both of the young players, but keep them in to let them figure it out instead of going to Dennis Kelly or Matt Pryor that are really stop gaps now, but, you know, only short-term fixes. They're, no, they're not going to be in the long-term plans for two or three years. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Saturday said that's a plan in the post game. We'll see if they stick to it. Uh, they've said a lot of things this year and then not actually stuck to it. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, he did say in the post game that the plan was to keep Fries at right guard and, and Raymond at left, at left tackle. And I think him being a former offensive lineman, I think he understands how important, you know, the, the chemistry on the line is, how important it is to have five guys who play well together. And so I think they're going to try to stick with that. And again, you know, you try to go out there next week. Pittsburgh's a good defense. Uh, they're very similar to the Colts in, in Denver, honestly. A good defense yeah. with an offense that just can't uh, really get out of its own way at times. So uh, I think it'll be another grind it out, you know, kind of game on on Monday night against the Steelers. And I think the Colts have got to show that that you know they can they can start pulling those games out because that's the thing. The formula for this team, I think, we've learned anything over eleven weeks. The formula for this team is get pull the game down into the mud get it into this grind it out kind of a situation. And then, you know, either the defense gets a stop late and you win or Matt Ryan gets a drive late and you win. And, you know, like I said, they're four, four and one doing that this year uh, in, in those one score games. So, but I think that's their, that's kind of the blueprint for them. And I think Pittsburgh has the same blueprint. So I think you're going to have another chance next week to show it. I think the frustrating thing uh, for everybody in that locker room is that, 11 weeks in you're still talking about the same same errors it's still if we just clean these things up then you know we'll win these games and obviously that's not good enough um we'll see where it all leads you know right now it, it seems like a lost season i think everybody kind of feels that way uh and i think today kind of hammered that home again yeah uh, lost season for sure absolutely for sure here that's oh geez it's Beyond infuriating. And a, a quick preview since you brought the Steelers. Take the under next week, that's for sure. I don't know what the number's going to be, what Vegas is going to put it out, but whatever that number is, Steelers, Colts, good defense, horrendous offense, take the under, that is for sure. Let's quickly hear, George, before we talk about the defense, let's talk about Jeff Saturday here. Made his home debut, second game. And look, I honestly think for the second game in a row, like, not that he outcoached uh, Nick Sirianni, but again, I think he, he 
was not the reason, obviously, the Colts lost, which is number one for you talking about a guy who's making his second, you know, head coaching uh, or second game ever as head coach a, a win. But, I mean, you look at out of this game, I feel like even though they won, Nick Sianni made way more questionable calls and put his team in a worse position than, than Jeff Saturday, which, look, at least for all the questions that we had about it, I think it's so far through two games with a one-on-one record, that's it's pretty good so far, I would say. Yeah, he's been fine. You know, I think they haven't had lineup problems. They haven't had like really, I think there was one situation where they had called timeout today because he didn't get a play in in time, but that happens. It's not been an epidemic. It's not been something that happens, you know, four or five, six times in the, in the game. Uh, you haven't really seen them having substitution problems. Any of the things that you might expect to happen with, with a coach who's inexperienced, they haven't had to deal with any of that. And I think that's a credit, not just to Jeff Saturday, but to all the assistants on the staff who have really kind of banded together. You know, they could have kind of thrown in the towel on this season too. Uh, we talked about how the players kind of stepped forward and said, you know, we're not going to let this happen. I think the, the coaching staff deserves that that same kind of credit, you know, for sticking with it. Uh, and and you see it, you know, the guys are still playing hard for them. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything from that standpoint. Uh, but again, I never thought the head coach was the problem. And I think that's been shown. It's same same issues that they've had all year long. Uh, that are sinking this team, and and they're either going to get fixed or they're not. And Eleven weeks into the season, I think I put the money on not getting fixed. Oh, same. Yeah, I, that's a safe bet at this point. If we're sitting here talking about again the same issues, eleven games in, and they're still not getting fixed, I don't see a real solution. And like you said, the last six games that all of a sudden magically it's going to turn around and all their woes have been cured for sure. To the coaching staff's credit, Parks Frazier's credit. Look, the two minute drill end of the first half it was crisp. They got they able to get a field goal again. That's an area where. First time play caller, a lot still, you know, a lot of moving pieces. You think maybe that's an area that would suffer. I know someone's in Jeff Saturday's ear, like kind of helping him with game management. So I don't know how much that is is them compared to Jeff Saturday, but I like that end of the game, calling timeouts once the Eagles got to first and goal, preserving the clock, giving your offense a chance to win the game, which the Colts had 120 and, and one timeout. It's plenty of time going to that field needing a field goal. So at least credit to Jeff Saturday there for giving his offense enough time. Obviously, we know they couldn't come through, but at least gave him an opportunity by having some good clock imagine there to to be able to uh, have a chance to go win the game potentially. I just got to throw this out there really quick because it does bother me and I still don't get it here a few uh, few minutes after the game. Coming out of the two-minute warning, George, Eagle in the fourth quarter, uh, fourth and two, Nick Sirianni comes out in a quarterback sneak formation, tries to have the Colts jump off sides, and then burns one of his two timeouts remaining. I know we're not an Eagles pod, what the hell is he doing? Like that—that that still bothers me to this day, this moment, because that was so stupid. Where you needed your timeouts, where if you got stuff, you still had a chance to kind of get the ball back with some time, and you blow one timeout out of the two-minute warning, trying to get the Colts jumped off sides when it's fourth and two, and you're in a quarterback sneak. No one really actually thinks, even though for how good they've been in a quarterback sneaking team, you're actually going to run that play. That was—I I don't get it. I don't know if you had a different perspective on it. That was so stupid. Nah, it was a waste of play, and they were trying to steal a first down there, uh, and the Colts obviously didn't bite, and it, I don't think there was much chance of the Colts biting on that. If they had come out and done that for uh, just a couple of seconds and then shifted into another play, I, I would understand it. I have no clue why why you let the clock run down, and, and really, they stopped even trying to pull them off sides the last five or ten seconds of that play clock. Standing so, around. You know, but it's one of those things where, again, the Colts aren't able to take advantage. I think that there were so many times in this game they got a fourth down stop at midfield. The Eagles went for it on fourth and ten, which shows a real lack of respect of, of this Colts offense. And it was justified because the, the Colts get the stop and the offense did nothing with the ball after, you know, on, on the next possession. So, um, 
you know, I think there was this situation that it felt like Nick Sirianni didn't have a whole lot of respect for the discipline of this football team. That's the only reason I think you would go out and, and try uh, that play in, in that situation and burn a timeout. And it, honestly, he got rewarded because every time he disrespected this team, they ended up, you know, he converted that fourth down and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that play. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still I feel like you've got a playoff defense on this Indianapolis team and you've got an offense that probably gets you the top 10 draft pick. So the, those two things meet in the middle and, and you're four, six and one. And you are right, a team that's stuck in the middle. You're not good enough to tank at a, a quarterback like Bryce Young and you're not good enough or you're not bad enough to tank. I should say get a quarterback and you're not good enough to make the playoffs. And like you said, they're stuck in the middle. Worst place to be right now in the NFL. Let's, though, George, we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod to wrap up here. We got to show the defense some respect. They put a great game. And if you are coming out of this game trying to blame the defense, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear. I got no time for it because that's absolutely not the case. We're getting to the Colts' tremendous game on defense when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you. So, George, Colts lose 17 16 here. And the defense for the second straight home game now does allow a back-breaking fourth-quarter game-winning drive in which they give up a very late touchdown uh, to lose the game. In your opinion here, how much blame does the defense get for this loss on Sunday? They're going to take a lot of it uh, because they're going to tell you that they should get the stop and they should get off the field and they want to win the game in those situations. I don't think they deserve very much of it. This is an offensive league. All the rules favor the offense. I think just about anybody will tell you that if your defense gives up 17 points against a third leading scoring team in the NFL, you should win that game. Uh, and I think there were plenty of opportunities before that final drive that the defense gave the offense short fields. They gave them every chance to, to build this lead to a point where uh, it wouldn't have, have ended like that. Uh, and I think the offense put them in another bad spot. Yes, they've got to make the plays ultimately. That's that's obvious. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, but the offense at some point has to kind of do its job too. When you've got first and goal at the five and you don't punch it in, it's hard for me to come back and blame the defense for losing that game. I would go like, if you had to put a percentage on it, I go 0%. Like, honestly, I know they gave up, you know, they, the, the Eagles went right down the field. I would say zero just because you, you hit the nail on the head, George. Like this offense so many times had a chance to put the game away um, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, we talked about it to open the show here. They had three straight possessions to start the second half for the worst starting field position, which I believe was their own 45-yard line. They had one that started on the Eagles 22, and basically three drives, either in uh, Eagles territory or right at midfield, they scored a grand total of three points. You're one out of three in the red zone. You can't score a touchdown. Like, and when you look at the end of the game, George, we're talking about a defense that coming in, again, this was one of the best offenses in the NFL. You held them to a season low in terms of point total, 17. Third fewest total yards uh, this season, 314. They had just 18 first downs, the tie for the fewest they've had this season. The Colts defense did a great job on this Eagles offense. They frustrated Jalen Hurts. They kept him in the pocket. They really did not allow his legs to be a major, major factor until the most part, till the end. But again, I'm also saying when you're on the field getting as many stops, like as you mentioned with all the rules going your way, the defense is going to tire out. You can't expect to keep putting your defense on the field against a good offense and expect stops. It's just not fair, not realistic, yeah. which is why even though, again, they did blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, I can't get mad because they – played so well in the offense was the reason why they were unfortunately in positions where you basically got to get a stop uh, or the game is, or, or um, you got to get a stop just to keep the game going. And they couldn't do so because the offense just continue to keep a good team around. 
you keep giving a quarterback as dynamic as Jalen Hurts that many chances, he's going to burn you eventually. And and that's what ended up happening. I mean, you just kept handing him the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead all day long, really, uh, when you had a chance to put the game out of reach. And and that's ultimately that's been the story of this season. You know, the offense does not take advantage of its opportunities, and the defense eventually wears out. And against bad teams, they're able to that formula is able to hold up more often than not. They'll win the game. Against good teams, and more often than not, that offense is going to find a way to make a play and beat you. Uh, it, it's just been Groundhog Day. I mean, we talk about that all year, but it, it's really just been Groundhog Day. Uh, I feel so bad for this defense because I feel like they have been everything they were hyped to be. You know, they've come out and they played great football. And the reason they're not getting the recognition around the, the, the country the way that, that you would expect them to is because this offense has been so underachieving. You know, they just cannot finish drives. They cannot consistently move the ball. And you end up – last two home games, you've lost 17 to 16. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're right. That commander's loss is, oh, my God, also 17 to 16. And almost kind of the same exact blueprint where you had opportunities to put the game away. You couldn't do so. And all of a sudden you let a good team – I guess we'll call it command. I mean, the Canada's not even a good team, but you even just allow an average team to hang around. Again, you keep allowing them to, you know, you keep on giving them extra opportunities. It's the NFL. Even some of the bad teams here are going to continue to convert. If you just keep opening the door, eventually they'll burst through. And we saw with the commanders, like you said, the last home game about a month ago. And I see it again on Sunday against the Eagles. And it's like, what's even more frustrating, George, is the, for how good this defense has been for the Colts and Gus Bradley this year, they've been a top five defense. The two areas that, we have gotten them on for one to see improvement in sacks, right? Consistent again after the quarterback and turnovers. And they did that on Sunday, three sacks at Jalen Hurts, which that's not an easy task whatsoever. And again, they kept him corralled in the pocket for the most part and did not allow his legs to again, really the end of the game, really come back to hurt him. And they forced two turnovers. And one of the turnovers, a strip sack was again, you get the ball basically in the red zone at the 22 yard line to start the second half. Like you are, you got turnovers that were, you absolutely needed the other turnover you had with AJ Brown fumbling that came right after Jonathan Taylor fumble. So you talk about, you know, one of those quick change uh, situations where you're on the bench and all of a sudden, boom, one of the, you know, you fumble now you're back on the field. They got off the field. So they, again, they, they did everything you needed in order to win the game. And so I can't sit here and fault them and blame them whatsoever, even though you do allow a big time fourth quarter drive for a touchdown and you do allow them to score. What was it? Two touchdowns right in the fourth quarter. Uh, in order to win the game, I can't blame them because again, they they did everything they needed to do. If you have a pulse on offense, this game's over and the Colts win. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The, if the offense punches in those two turnovers, the first one obviously would have given them a chance to get a seventeen to three lead. You you don't do that. You kick the field goal. The second one, I believe, is the one that they end up at first and goal at the five after that interception. You have a chance to end the game and and you can't finish it. So, um, yeah, it, it's the same thing over and over again, the offense has got to execute better. And in, and in particular, the offensive line is going to execute better. You've got to get, you got to start opening up some of those lanes, give Jonathan Taylor a chance. He's healthy now. I think that's one thing that we've seen. He's absolutely healthy now, uh, but it, it doesn't matter if he's getting hit, you know, two and three yards behind the line of scrimmage on every play as he was pretty much after the opening drive today. You, you're not going to be able to win games that way. The, the formula for this team is to run the football milk the clock, let that defense play the way it's played all year long. And then Matt Ryan, you know, makes a couple big throws on third down and keeps some drives alive. That's what they want to do to win football games. You can't do that when the offensive line uh, implodes as often as it has. 
Absolutely, and it's a waste. It, it's truly a waste of a good performance from Unique Ngakwe, who had arguably his best game as a Colt, a sack and a half. He had the strip sack in there again to start the second uh, sec- second half. You had Zaire Franklin basically doing an ode, a tribute to Shaq Leonard with that great little punch out of A.J. Brown there, the left arm coming in, forcing the fumble. He led uh, both teams in tackles with 12. So, again, you have some really good performances. I thought Ronnie Cl- uh, McLeod also played really well. Mm-hmm. As well. Speaking of which, by the way, George, can we start calling him Hot Rod? Like that's a great nickname, and it can't be lost on the kicker that he's not here. I know he was playing with a heavy heart today too. I think that's one of the things to point out. You know, he's a Virginia guy, and and he definitely had a lot on his mind. It was a very personal game for him. He came out and did everything he had to do to he help did. this football team win a game. Uh, and again, you know, all year long, I, I just my heart goes out to the defense because they have played well enough to win, probably all but two weeks, and the offense just continually, more often than not, doesn't take advantage. And that's huge. Again, if we are, we're sitting before the season and you say so far with 11 games, nine, 11 games of defense will, will give you a chance to win. I, again, you're signing up for that. We're talking about a Colts record that you would think, but preseason would be definitely over 500. Definitely, you know, maybe, you know, one of the best in the AFC. And so you're going to talk about a team that's four, six and one with a defense that's playing, like I said, playoff caliber. I mean, maybe, maybe for a crazy like Super Bowl caliber defense, like they, they just, they are deep at all three levels. They are very consistent. They're really good. Again, they, like you mentioned, two two games. That's fine. Like every defense plays bad because the again, just the way it is. The NFL offense is your quarterback play. It's so hard to stop that you'll live with so far through eleven games. Two games that are you know subpar when it comes to defensive play, and it just goes back to again whoever the head coach is next year. The first move has to be Gus Bradley. Please stay. Has to be the first oh, yeah. move you make. Absolutely. I mean, the second move is to go and get an offensive line coach in here who can really you know, get this this line going. Those are the two big areas. I mean, that's the thing. You're right. If you want to look outside a quarterback, which obviously everybody has to have the quarterback, and, and that's going to be the most important team for every team who doesn't have one. Uh, but outside of that, the two biggest areas you can improve right now are you know making sure Gus Bradley stays here on defense and giving him maybe just a little bit more pass rush. You know, Quiddy Pay being out today was a was a big thing too. And, and anytime he's out, that's tough for this defense. Uh, but Bradley keeps finding ways to keep them in the game, even regardless of that. And the other biggest thing is, you know, getting this offensive line back where it needs to be. You know, not just one game out in the desert. You need to see that should be the offensive line you see on a weekly basis for the way they're paid, for the talent there is on that line. Uh, there, there's really no excuse for them not to be more like that week in and week out than than what we've seen. Yeah, you could go get a left tackle and help this team out. You could get a right guard and help this team out. But with the unit they have, it should be better results than what we've seen this year. 100% right. 100% right. And again, we're sitting here at 4-6-1 with another disappointing loss for an absolutely disappointing season. To finish off, George, this right next, we've kind of been harping on the offense a lot. and had me already thinking ahead to next week since next week's game is Monday night. I am not looking forward. I might throw my phone out the window watching this game to seeing everyone on Twitter crushing the Colts offense and how bad they are. Cause that's the thing when you're buried in the one o'clock window for most of the time, the Colts have outside of the Denver game, no one's really watching Matt Ryan with an intent eye or this Colts offense line with an intent eye. And I am already dreading just all the tweets, all the nonsense that's going to come. I rightfully so don't get me wrong. It's justified. But with that said, just when the Nat, when everyone in uh, nationally is on, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be insufferable. All eyes on the Colts and the Steelers next week. Uh, oh, you know, I think it's going to be a rough one. Although the Steelers right now are tied with the Bengals, so you know, give give them some credit. Maybe they're going to come in here with a little bit of fight as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just the Colts watch. It's just going to be a real 
ugly offensive game. And that's, that's what this offense is. I mean, I definitely threw 11 weeks. We know things need to go almost perfectly for this offense to, to put up more than 20 points. And it's, that's not, that's unrealistic. You know, uh, twice this year, they've been able to put more than 20 points because twice this year, they've been able to keep the quarterback clean and not turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, they are what they are at this point. They are what they are, which is not a very good football team. But the one thing they definitely are is an inconsistent football team. That's for sure. We know that for sure. And another tough loss of the Colts, 17-16, another Sunday where the defense gave you reason to believe and the offense sucked all that belief out of you, especially after a nice hot start. So at least, hey, cross it off the list, George. We'll call it a win in terms of Colts scored a touchdown on the offense uh, first drive for the first time this season. So there you go. Take that you know, monkey off their back. They are finally back to getting off to a hot start. We've not really seen so much this season. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Something's got to stay positive here for six more weeks as this season does go on. So that will do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Make sure you are downloading and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Make sure you follow George on Twitter at GM Bremer. Check me out at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We will be back on the midweek pod. Maybe deep dive a little more on Jeff Saturday's so far two-game uh, head coaching stint. So make sure you check us out here. It's going to be an abbreviated schedule, by the way. I may as well throw this out now. We will have, or I guess it's just a normal schedule, even with Thanksgiving still going on. So Wednesday, Friday, we'll still have your pods out there. So even though the holiday week has changed, even though the Colts are Monday night, next week's schedule is all kind of in flux, the Blue Horseshoe Podcast will do something the Colts cannot do. Provide consistency. So we'll talk to you on Wednesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.